why did God send his only begotten son to suffer, bleed, sigh, and die on the angry, mean, biting beam called Calvary? Why? What's the baseline? When I think of God, his son not sparing, send him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden, gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Then sings my soul, my savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my savior God to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. Not that he can forgive your sin, but that he can take the sin nature out of your being. Let's define our terms. What I'm talking about is original sin. Everybody say that. Has nothing to do with what you do. It has to do with who you are born. The nature of man's sinful condition because of the fall of Adam. Every single person is born with a corrupted nature, an Adamic nature. Every one of us enter this world guilty and an enemy of, guilty before and an enemy of God. Oh, God loves everybody. No, no, no. Your Bible says God is angry with the sinner every day. Quit acting like you can sin 14 times a week and be in fellowship with God and full of God's spirit. That is not possible. You are deceived. Little children, I have written these things to you that you do not sin. So if you're in the book, you shouldn't be sinning. Not easy for you to shack up if you're in the book. Not easy for you to talk about people if you're in the book. Not easy for you to be a tail bearer. Not easy for you to watch porn. By what I'm talking about, there are armed guards set around your heart. There are armed guards set around your mind. You'd rather cut your hands off than cheat on your job. All most people are doing is trying to be better. I prayed a prayer one time. It took 30 seconds. And ever since then, I've, I've been a churchgoer. You just playing a part, dude. You just in a play. 
and God's not pulling the strings. Little children, I write these things to you that you sin not, but if for some reason you do sin, then we have an advocate with the Father. But he who habitually sins is not born, I'm quoting the Bible to you, I wish preachers would find one, is not born of God, neither knows God. If you repented more than three times for what I'm about anything, you're exactly who I'm preaching to today. I don't care if you're the head of the deacon board. I don't care if you're a so-called preacher. I don't care if you've been sitting in these seats for the last 40 years. If you still have a sin problem, I am not condemning you. I am doing my best to convict you lest you believe your lie and end up at the judgment damned. And in order for that not to happen, you gotta be the most honest person in this room. I need a handkerchief if you hadn't noticed. Thank you. You are without God. You have a carnal knowledge of God, meaning a soulless, a fleshly knowledge of God. And then you try to operate in the parameters of one who has died to original sin. But you can't. They are without hope except for the saving grace of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. Next term, justification. Justification. What is it? We therefore being justified by faith in result have peace with God. Justification has nothing to do with you. It is a an divine act. That means God alone. God himself, a divine act whereby an infinitely, watch this, holy God, judicially, legally, declares a repentant and believing sinner to be righteous. Only God can do it. To make a repentant and believing sinner acceptable before God because of Jesus Christ has borne the sinner's sin. We sing, I believe, in a place called Mount Calvary. And most people, they could hear that song 10,000 times and never get a tear in their eye. Doesn't mean anything. Here it is. Has borne the sinner's sin on the cross and 
Jesus has been made unto that person righteousness. You have no righteousness. Stop trying. Watch this. Cats meow. You ever see a cat bark, Logan? No. Did, did uh, your German shepherd ever bray like a donkey? No. Cluck like a chicken. He didn't. You know why? Because he's a dog. You watching porn? You're not born again. You're just trying to tame a rabid nature. Justification springs up from the fountain of God's grace, Titus 3. It's operative as a result of the redemptive propitiatory sacrifice of Christ. Propitiatory. It means took the place of, paid the price of, did it all by himself with no help from you. Who has settled all claims of the law against you, Romans 3 and 5. Justification is based on faith, not by human merit or human works, Romans 3, 4, 5. Wherefore, we sin because we are sinners. We are not sinners because we sin. Are you getting this? This was so elementary. When I was these little boys' age, I understood it. We got preachers that don't understand it. And then we send them off to university where they tell them how good they were born. Romans chapter 4. Paul proves the truth of justification by faith, but then in Romans 5, he expounds upon the result of being justified by faith. Romans 5, 1, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. So hear this, hyper grace preaching. You're okay, I'm okay. Don't worry about it. God loves everybody. Go ahead and continue in a homosexual lifestyle. God loves everybody. He loves you so much that he sent his son to become the propitiation for your sin. But for you to be justified, you have to be a repentant sinner. That means you recognize your sin, you repent from it, 
You beg his grace and mercy. He comes down from heaven and takes out your stony heart that you've been trying to act the part of a Christian with and takes it out and puts a new heart in you that wants to not sin as much as the other heart wanted to sin. If you want to sin, you are not born again. I plead with you. Get the real thing. That kind of preaching does not amplify the grace of God. It nullifies the grace of God. Because if you're okay, what need have we of the blood? If you were born okay and just need to try to be better, what need have we of a cross? That's not even a good religion. That's a pretty good self-help program, but it's not even good religion. And I can't tolerate religion. Here's why. Hebrews 9, 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission, forgiveness, deliverance from the sin nature. I'm not sure. My mentor, the late, great Leonard Ravenhill, said if there are 100 people sitting in a church like this on Sunday morning, I have serious doubts, said he, that even 5% of them are ready for heaven. That was in 1963. Where are we today? When's the last time you heard a good TV preacher sermon on original sin? on what got us here to begin with. The one thing we all have in common and nobody wants to talk about. Jesus. Don't even put it at the feet of the people, although the book does say to seek out your own salvation in fear and trembling. This is a serious thing. This is not something to hope you're right. <laughs> this is not a play. If you are continually tempted, to sin, you've been lied to. You're fooling yourself. If you can't leave the crack pipe alone, you're fooling yourself. If you can't stay out of bed with people, you're not saved. I don't care. I don't, I don't care who you are. You're not saved. And what a terrible situation. 
to be in church for possibly years and years and years and to fight and struggle with sin. Sin's power is broken. Stop acting like it's God's equal and you got to fight with it all the time. We've been lied to. There's no reason to talk to God about sins you've committed. Well, I was a drunk. So I'm a sinner. No, you're a sinner. Therefore, you're a drunk. I mean, it takes all the pressure off you. You inherited this thing. It's in you. And only your pride wants for you not to admit it. You make it to heaven, you make it by a deadlift. Jesus paid it all. But you have to know what he paid for. He paid for the want to sin to be taken out of our hearts. If you can't stop lying, it's not your problem. Have we... Have we come to the point of maturity where we can at least admit that we should no longer, before a person is born again who has a gambling addiction or a pornography addiction or whatever outward sin you want to make it, liars, deceivers, a half-truth a half is a whole lie, Read the third chapter of Genesis. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. They, they, they quoted a half-truth. Satan presented a half-truth. They believed it. Half-truth's a whole lie. Nobody wants to hear your excuses, especially God. He, do, he doesn't want to. Right? Now, I'm going to give you this, and we're going to pray. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. While we were yet sinners, let's say that. While we were yet sinners. Again, while I was still a sinner, Christ died for the ungodly. There are three kinds of people that Jesus died for. Number one, the ungodly. That's you. Number two, sinners. That's you. Number three, those without strength. Until you realize you're all three of those, you can never truly be born again. Romans 5, 6, for when we were yet without strength, 
Christ died for the ungodly. But he demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Okay, while we were yet sinners is proof that we don't always have to be. While we were, Christ died. Because Christ died means we don't always have to be. Aren't you tired of the struggle? What it must be like to be exposed to the glory of God, to hear God's word, and to be bound by a nature, a tendency, a compulsive drive inside you that wants to sin. And in you trying to, with all your might, to beat it down, to beat it down, but you can't. And it always comes again. And so you try to beat it down again. It's so easy. You just need to be delivered from the Adamic nature and tendency and desire and want to, to sin. I can tell you right now, I have no desire to sin. She could paint her hair 42 colors, pull it up, snip it off, sew it back, Botox it up. She could have some outrageous figure. She could throw herself at me. And I would laugh. People don't believe that. I've had preachers that don't believe that. Joni and I dated for seven years. Seven years. And she was by every estimation, H-O-T. <laughs> I don't mean was. Ain't neither one of us like we were in our 20s, is we? Seven years. Seven years. Never one time inappropriate. Never once. Didn't sit together in church. Didn't hold hands in public. Didn't drive with my arm around her going down the road because I respected her. And that big, ungodly, lazy mess you threw yourself at has no respect for themselves or you. And you undignify yourself. feeling like nobody will want you. You get born again. You be that woman of God that walks with the presence of God all over. 
You ain't going to have to worry about somebody wanting you. My point is, seven years. We didn't have that want to. We are human just like everybody else. But we have something bigger on the inside of us that said, don't go there. Why do you need to be alone? You don't need to be alone to play checkers. You do need to be alone to be checking out stuff what don't belong to you. Said the dad with teenagers. I'm talking to you about something very serious. And I'm not finished with it. I barely scratched the surface. We got to deal with the root. That's the problem. The root. Everybody just bow your heads right where you are. Let's not get religious here. If what I've said today resonates with you, right? With you, every head bowed, every eye closed. If what I've said makes sense to you, something was off in your head. I keep trying and I keep losing. God doesn't want you to be condemned today. He wants to say to you, I'm here for you. And I can take every bit of that out of you, supernaturally. Before someone is, has prayed the sinner's prayer, if they beat their wife, we call them a sinner. But if they beat their wife afterwards, we call it their problem. It's not a problem. You're a sinner. What a glorious thought. My sin, not just part, but the whole, was nailed to his cross. And I can bear it no more. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I want people to know the joy, the victory, the power, the freedom, the liberty of being delivered from that sin nature. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. The hardest thing to get through to is someone who goes to church, tries to do good, prays occasionally, reads their Bible occasionally out of obligation, and thinks everything's okay because they want it to be okay. But deep inside, they know it's not okay. I'm going to give you another moment. I want you to raise your hand, every one of you. There are at least two or three dozen hands up. You can put your hand down. Here's what I want everyone to do right now. I want you to place your hand on your heart, everyone. And let's pray together. 
Lord Jesus Christ, I believe you're the Son of God. I want to live with you, for you, with all my heart. I want to be pleasing in your sight. I don't want to be against you. And sin puts me against you. My sin is an affront to you. My sinful nature is at war with you. And I want peace with you. I ask you right now to take out of me that original sin, that nature of sinning. Take it out, Lord. And give me a heart to serve you. Power over sin. Power over sickness. Power over Satan. I want to truly be born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, I want to invite you to tell someone in your life about the podcast. Hope you'll do it today. Head on over to iTunes and leave a review. Share it on your social networks for me. Really helps me get the word out. I'd love for you to connect with me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. No easier way for me to minister to you every day and throughout the day and for us to join together in faith as God moves in and through your life. You can find links to all my pages at rodparsley.com. God bless you now, and I hope you'll listen again soon.